Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is strictly confidential. I'm munching on an everything bagel. This is the food report. Gotta be honest, could have done without everything. Just most things would have been fine. I think even most things is probably too many things for a bagel. Yeah, can we get some selection, please? Because the pickle and the yogurt are like clashing pretty bad. I think even just all foods would be a fine option. (laughs) Everything being on there. Maybe just like different kind of seeds bagel. That sounds like the perfect kind of bagel. You sound particularly alert today, Jackson. Are you inhaling the fumes of the sacred peppermint? I don't want our podcast to become a pyramid scheme, but yes, I am inhaling the fumes of the Young Living Oils Witch Coven Peppermint scent. I can hear the extra vim and vigor and vitality. Well, I'm happy to give it to you. Are you going to ask me how my week's been? Oh yeah. How's your week been? It's been pretty good. How's your week been? It's been great. Somehow I feel like yours hasn't been good because it's ended up where you are now, huffing peppermint through your mustache. Well, I am feeling a little bit under the weather, but on the bright side, our weather here has been really good the last couple of days. Oh, delightful. Ours has been terrible as per usual. Well, you live in the hot state of Texas that has about four hours that aren't summer in the whole year. Oh, that's my fault. That's my fault, huh? Yeah. Well, you know what would restore fully your body and mind? Uh, let me think. Water? Sleep? Nah, well, that's all the basic stuff. But what if you had to rule a country for decades and decades? Where are you going to get all that energy? Water and sleep. See, now, you've had water and sleep, and all you do is work in an office and you're tired. But if you have to oversee a country, you're going to need a little extra pep in that step. And we're going to explore today where Queen Elizabeth II gets all of her vivacious energy. Before we reveal what the theory is this week, I just want to say, I believe this theory. Is it because I use the word vivacious? I think I'll believe anything anybody says in the following two or three sentences after the word vivacious. But I think that this theory is something I can get behind. Well, let's not beat around the bush. You already read the title of the episode when you clicked on it. The queen is a cannibal. That's right. The beloved Queen Elizabeth II. Everyone loves this woman so much so that you kind of want there to be some dirt. So the current monarch and head of state, Queen Elizabeth II, let's do her homework first because mom says we have to before we can play. She ascended to the throne on the death of her father, King George VI, in February 1952. So she's been the queen since the 50s. So the monarch and his or her immediate family, they undertake various official, ceremonial, diplomatic, and representational duties. As the monarch is constitutional, the monarch is limited to nonpartisan functions, such as bestowing honors, appointing the prime minister. But she's also the commander-in-chief for the British Armed Forces, uh, though the ultimate formal executive authority over the government of the UK is still by and through the monarch's royal prerogative. These powers may only be used in accordance to the laws enacted by parliament and with the constraints and conventions of precedent. So uh, can you explain like I'm five? So all that to say, we living in the United States, living in a republic, it's kind of hard to understand how a monarchy operates in 2018 because it's not just one person calling all the shots. Obviously, it's still very much a modern government, but there is still a queen 
So this is just saying that she has power, but not absolute power, but it's still a very important figure. So she's not just a pretty face, okay? But she is that. But she is that. Throughout the decades of her rule, her energy has almost depleted none. She still attends hundreds of events and obligations a year. She's 92 years old right now. But even throughout the decades of her rule, she has surprised people with her tireless energy and sharp wit, even back in the 70s. So in 1973, cultural philosopher Hubert Humdinger published a widely spread article stating that she was, quote, packed with more energy than the sun. At that point, she was in her late 40s. Yeah, but that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was it, even when she was young, it was surprising how much energy, okay. energy she had. So now that she's 92, it's surprising how much energy she has compared to other old people. But when she yes. was in her late 40s, it was surprising because she had energy compared to the sun. Yeah. Okay, I'm tracking. That is just a compliment. But then he goes on to kind of theorize about where that energy is coming from. And he suggests that her vitality may have sinister origins saying that there is an immense amount of spiritual energy within human muscle. Stay with me here. She must have eaten human flesh to remain so vivacious. That's where I stole that word from, by the way. It's not really clear if this was just a joke. It sounds like it is. It just seems like a very outdated sort of like old people slang where it's like you growing like a weed must have been eating all that puppy chow giving you all that energy but uh whether or not he was joking it definitely planted the idea into the public's mind and it stuck well i imagine that that back then making jokes took a lot more effort because it wasn't just like hey here's a picture of a a girl's boyfriend looking at another girl like it wasn't just like It wasn't just that kind of meme construction. I think at that point you had to come up with actual premises for jokes for them to be funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think up until the 90s, anything you said that was funny was pre-written. Yes. And there's still definitely that today. I don't want to say that there isn't, but it is also very easy for me to go on the internet, type in memegenerator.com and come up with something hilarious. But I feel like everyone's granddad, when they tell, when your grandfather tells you a joke, he sounds like he's workshopping material for his tight five. You know what I mean? Like he, he presents a joke like it's like he has it written down on note cards in front of him. I feel like that's my grandfather's, even when they're not saying a joke. Yeah, it when still they, sounds like something they heard 50 years ago that they're repeating. It, anytime they're saying anything, really. I think that might just be old people talk, though. Let's move on. I'm more interested in regional cannibalism. So why did this idea stick around? This is way back in the 70s that this was this was first suggested that she must be eating people. Well, why would you even jump to that? Uh, Turns out England has a long history of corpse medicine. So corpse medicine or medical cannibalism is the act of using parts of deceased humans for medical reasons. This persists today in such acts as organ transplants and blood transfusions doesn't count. However, in the past, corpses were used in a wide variety of medical purposes and were thought to be able to cure anything from bleeding to aging to epilepsy. One of the most popular ways of ingesting human remains for health benefits was by using mamia or the dried remains of a mummy, which have been prepared for medical use. What does that mean? So there was a widespread belief that mummies or the human body, they contained a sort of like spiritual energy that you could literally ingest and absorb and take for yourself. So mummies was 
the you already have these bodies that presumably still have some form of life energy inside of them, but they're already nice and dried and easy to ship. So it was easy to grind them down into powders, and then you can cook them into foods, put them in liquids. It's basically just uh, just another ingredient for your recipe. Add some mummies. All I can think about here is there is an It's Always Sunny episode, and I think the title is something like Charlie and D Eat Human Flesh. <laughs> um, let me see if I can. Oh, it's called Mac and Dennis Manhunters is the name of the episode, but in it, Charlie and D free. So they freak out when they think what they've eaten is human flesh that Frank had stored away and they love the taste of it. And so the rest of the episode, they're trying to figure out how they can get more of it. <laughs> and so that's what I'm imagining here. I'm imagining that these royal monarchs have decided, you know what? This flesh is not only tasty, but we can argue that it's good for us. Oh, so you're, you're not even seeing like the medical practice. You're saying like they get a taste of that forbidden fruit, the flesh of man, and they just can't have enough. Well, I, I'm not saying that if I was king or queen and had this kind of rule, I would resort to cannibalism. But what I am saying is that if I was king or queen, just appointed randomly, I would want to try and find ways I could do things that no other people could. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and a lobster is not a delicacy. You can you can get that at Applebee's, but you well, you know what you can't get it at Applebee's. Derek. Derek. <laughs> I'm thinking of a mummy now named Derek, and it's the funniest vision I can think of. You have this hall of hieroglyphs until you finally come up on a sign that's just an unfiltered Helvetica that says Derek, and then like an arrow pointing down. They'll all they'll all have like their biographies and under Derek's it's just like, I don't know, he didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> so they so you're telling me that one of the pop, most popular ways for ingesting human remains was by using dried remains of mummies. Weren't mummies hella old or is this way back when mummies were recently buried? No, they were still hella old, but that's why this is going directly to the top, to royalty, because only royalty could afford mummies. It was very, very popular among kings and queens, nobles, and wealthy merchants, but for the peasant folk, he had to resort to the less effective, but still healthy, human blood. So, looking at Louis Nobel's book, uh, medicinal cannibalism in early modern English literature and culture, and also a book by Richard Sugg. Uh, he's from the University of England, Universities of Durham. He has a book called Mummies, Cannibals, and Vampires The History of Corpse Medicine from the Renaissance to the Victorians. Both of these books reveal that for several hundred years, peaking in the 16th and 17th centuries, many Europeans including royalty, priests, scientists. They routinely ingested remedies containing human bones, blood, and fat as medicine for anything from headaches to uh, epilepsy. There were very few vocal opponents to the practice, even though cannibalism in the newly explored Americas was reviled as a mark of savagery. Uh, mummies were stolen from Egyptian tombs, and skulls were taken from Irish burial sites, and grave diggers robbed and sold body parts. So the question was not, should you eat human flesh, but what sort of flesh should you eat? So I have a couple problems with this comparison here, because it makes it sound like Americans are weird for thinking eating human <laughs> flesh is weird. Like, it's comparing it to, like, how I used to think it was weird that the most popular snack in Canada was ketchup-flavored potato chips. 
Like, that's weird, but it's not nearly as weird as eating human flesh. Those prudes, those Puritans, they won't just eat their thumbs. So, I also have another small question. Sure. You should have several by this point. Do you think that they ever accidentally ate dinosaurs if they were hidden in the tombs as well? Considering that the dinosaurs helped build the pyramids? That's a good point. Yeah, there's not a science that exists that determines what bones belong to what animal. They're just like, man, this is a mess. (laughs) Put it in soup. Man, they had giant teeth back in the day. Look at this weird dog. You're telling me that humans evolved away from having wings? That just seems less useful. So the idea was not new to the Renaissance. Remember I said that it was very popular in the 16th and 17th centuries. It was just newly popular in the Renaissance. Romans drank the blood of their of slain gladiators to absorb the vitality of strong young men. 15th century philosopher Marsilio Fincino suggested that drinking blood from the arm of a young person for similar reasons. Many healers in other cultures, including ancient Mesopotamia and India, all believed the usefulness of human body parts. So my question to you, do you think there's any healing properties or any benefit to eating human flesh or human bones? Probably. Probably? Yeah. I, all I could think about is that I taste nasty. I'm positive. Because when, so you can tell when a cow is stressed out, evidently, when you get a steak. And if the cow is stressed before you kill it, you get those stress hormones in the meat and it's less tender. If stress affects the taste and quality of a meat, I taste like a McDonald's bacon bit that's been on the sidewalk for a week. I just feel like there's not much nutrient that you can actually get from human flesh. But what you're assuming is the human flesh and cow flesh are synonymous in that regard. And also the difference in the stress level of the cow doesn't as much affect the nutrients of the meat as it does the taste of the meat. That's true. And so I also think that I am human, right? Okay. I'm definitely with you so far. The more human I put in me feels like at that point, I would be more human and better at being human. Does that make sense? Drink that young man blood. (laughs) Now I'm a young man. No, I think that genuinely like I have a pretty good amount of skin on me right now. I have a pretty good amount of human to me. I like the (laughs) amount of human. And Your when human I, to Jackson ratio is great. I did notice that the last time I saw you. I'm flattered because I've been working on that. But I do genuinely think that if I was to inhale more human, I don't know. Is my logic backwards there or does that make sense? Um, that, No, that checks out. I'm not saying. I just don't, I just don't know if it would. Uh, I, I, I am curious. And this is something that I haven't Google searched because I don't want to be on a list. But I, what is the nutritional value of a human body? And... How long can it sustain you compared to something like uh, another, like if you're in an emergency situation, eh, you fill in the rest. You know, are you going to, are you going to eat a wild hare or are you going to eat Derek? So let's, let's break down what eating Derek would be like, just so that people can stop listening to this show. Um, Okay. I I think that if you're just considering it as pure meat, the human body probably, depending on the muscular system of Derek, has quite a bit of protein in there, right? Yeah. And no matter what the meat, as long as you season it well and cook it the right amount of time, will taste pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay. So I imagine that eating Derek and eating a cow, you'll probably get a similar amount of protein and enjoy it a similar amount. 
I am not entirely comfortable with how okay you're making me feel about eating someone. I'm but not I want I want to clarify and say that I would never eat Derek or anybody for that matter. But I, you're just saying he could be delicious. I'm saying if we break it down, it is just meat. Because I had always assumed that one of the main things that was keeping people from eating each other was that we tasted yucky and we have chicken nuggets now. So if you are interested in cannibalism, you may be interested in moving to England. And this is extremely key. I'm going to turn into a TV preacher for a second and say, this is key, so pay attention. Turn to the gospel of Mark. Cannibalism is not illegal in England. Eating the flesh of another human being is not against the law. And, and it's commonly known that the queen is basically, she can't be prosecuted. She's pretty much immune to the law. But that doesn't even matter in this case because she wouldn't be a criminal. I'm not a huge fan of the American government, which I think you know, and probably a lot of our listeners know. But I think in this regard, I like our, our stance. <laughs> That's a good policy. In this regard, I am fine that nobody in our nation is planning on doing this to my body after I die. So the kicker is that murder is still illegal. And in most cases where cannibalism happens, there has been a murder. But it is absolutely legal if you have a consenting adult in a way that is not like mortally wounding themselves. Is there a way then that the queen could continue her cannibalism habit ethically? I say yes. I have a way. What's can, the way? I can think of a way. So if we're thinking they need a way to continue cannibalism habit ethically, I think obviously in private is the best way to do it. Because I think that, yes, it's fine that people know that the queen is eating humans. But if people see the queen eating humans, that's going to be pretty hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, her PR is on lock, by the way. That's why she's so well liked. And so I think that her eating humans could be fine if those humans volunteered before they died. Yeah. And wouldn't they? So I think like I on my license, it is it says that I am an organ donor. I do not care what happens to this body after my Viking funeral. I don't care. Right. And so I think, honestly, I'm almost to the point right now where I would say that the queen could eat me if she wants. Yeah, dude, you, you become an organ donor because you're like, well, at least I could be put into good use. I'll put it in my will, give everything to my grandkids, make me into a goulash. I was. I want to be a gigantic bag of jerky. <laughs> I want to be a gigantic bag of old Jackson jerky. So I'm going to direct you to this YouTube clip, which may serve as a little bit of evidence. Royalty in England in the past did partake in the consumption of human beings. But do we know for a fact that Queen Elizabeth has? Well, there might be some leavings. British authorities plan to conduct an autopsy later on Tuesday. Incredibly, a body found on the Queen's estate in Sandringham. The cause of death not yet known. Royal correspondent Max Foster joining me now from London with more on that. How bizarre, Max. Absolutely. A real murder mystery, isn't it? Apparently, uh, a dog walker discovered some human remains on the estate on uh, New Year's Day, and that's where this investigation started. Just to give you a sense of this estate, it is the Queen's country estate where she stays at Christmas. She's staying there uh, currently, but it's 20,000 acres. It's absolutely vast. There are villages within this estate, so uh, it is open to the public in many places. Only around the house is it very private and secure. And this happened about a mile away from the main gates to the house, so it is in the Queen's backyard, you could say. This is what the police told us about it earlier this morning. 
should I have watched that video on a private browser? Because the recommended videos to the right of that are all stuff about the queen being a cannibal. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They've got that particularly evil looking photo where she's like, lit like looking underneath. down. Yeah. Mm. That, where they just put a, a grandma wig on Emperor Palpatine and they're like, that's the queen. I think every every probably 10 minutes or so of this episode, I want to come out and say that I don't think you should eat people. Okay. I just, I, and I want you to keep that in when you're editing this in post, but I don't think you should eat people. I can understand that it is technically meat, but beyond that, I don't think there's an argument. So in this video, we see that there is parts of a human body found on the Queen's estate, and they do this weird thing where they seem to be trying to deflect suspicion towards the Queen, and then say something immediately after that puts it back on her. So they're like, oh, this is the estate where she's only here at Christmas, um, and she's here right now. This is the estate that's huge, and... It was found well, close it, to her. Well, it was found really close by. It was practically in her backyard. Yeah, I think that this guy is live trying to reason away from it. Yeah. Like, he is he is on the spot thinking, okay, yeah, no, wait, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> so while there admittedly isn't a ton of evidence suggesting that she eats people, there is a precedent. Considering how much the monarchy is invested in tradition... It's not a huge logical leap to assume that she may be partaking in the same practices as her relatives. So, Jackson, what do you think you taste like? Um, well, that's tricky because I'm going to do the thing that people hate when you answer questions where I'm going to deflect a little bit and say that is tough because if I eat a cow, I can eat it in tons of different ways. Like a hamburger tastes very different from a steak. Mm, I'm definitely thinking just zombie mode, just Digging it on in there, like completely raw. Well, I guess then everyone tastes like blood, huh? There's not a lot of difference. Yeah, everyone's going to taste the exact same, I think. Yeah. So do you, you really subscribe to the idea that it just takes the right culinary skill? The meat definitely is going to taste different based on what the meat is, but it also is mostly based on how you're cooking it, how you're seasoning it, how you're grilling it, or whatever you're doing to it. And so I think you could probably make human flesh taste pretty good. And there's our sound clip for the episode. Thanks. Well, happy to do it. Do you want to hop on over to the to the village now? To yeah, the town? let's go to the village. Although I'm going to keep my guard up because these people are looking hungry. Yeah, well, uh, you should get excited because the people are not what you need to worry about today in Debunk Town. So let's uh, let's take an Uber because I feel like we've taken a train the last couple times, and I don't really like the music that they play on the train. Well, this Uber driver saw that we are two white dudes and is playing Mumford and Sons, so. And don't think I don't appreciate it. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that he knows that we are two very stereotypical white dudes who can never be disappointed by some little lion man. But oh, we're here in Debunk Town. And unfortunately, we're still two stereotypical white dudes, and I'm not going to tip him. Well, I, I'll tip him. I'll tip him for both of us because Ooh, I... Ooh, how progressive. I'm feeling polite. So... What I always like to do when we get here to Debunk Town is I always like to say a quick hello to the racist aunts and uncles and then go downstairs Hi. and play some video games, right? Hello. Yeah. So in 2011, computer game icon Valve released quite possibly one of my favorite video games of all time, which was Portal 2, a oh, highly yes. acclaimed puzzler. And in the days leading up to the game's release, Valve pumped up the hype by introducing an extensive and exhaustive alternative reality game in a number of videos images, websites, real-world locations, and 13 different indie games, including Super Meat Boy and others. Really? Yes. Valve framed the game by claiming that the series' villain, GLaDOS, 
promised to release Portal 2 early if enough gamers dedicated their CPUs to playing indie games. Really? That's cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool idea. So this idea is that they're trying to monopolize CPU use to play games made by smaller developers, basically. And monopolizing the CPU use caught the attention of Reddit user Kendallbee, who immediately took to the site to claim that Valve was using the promotion to try and somehow create a real-life Jurassic Park. (laughs) I was on board for so much of that. And I think what is so great and stupid about this is why is the first assumption real-life Jurassic Park? Because if this was 2018, you would immediately jump to Bitcoin mining, right? If you're aggregating a bunch of CPU processing power. I mean, Bitcoin mining was a lot more popular a couple of years ago. Yeah, but this is, what, 2011? Simpler times. 2011, yeah. Bitcoin mining started, I believe, around 2011. But I don't think that... I just... It's crazy to me that this guy thought they're using a lot of computer power and the only possible explanation is Jeff Goldblum. Well, the reason that the dinos got out was that there wasn't enough computer power, Jackson. Yeah, but this, this is too Remember much. Remember the big of- funny fat man was like, no, no, no. And he was, touch- he was, it was slamming out the keys. Oh, wait, no, no, no. He was like, the big funny fat man was like, uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word. But if they had a little more computer, the dinosaurs would have stayed inside. But can you and I take a step back here for a second and both recognize that Jurassic Park is fiction? As much as I want to play the kind of joke that I always like to play where, oh yeah, the great documentary, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was fiction. Very good fiction. That movie is great. It is great. And the soundtrack is great. And I think there's some place that sells a version of the anniversary soundtrack where it's printed to look like a Dilophosaurus on vinyl. And I have it and it's yes. awesome. Yeah, I know. It's very but, good. But there is no reasoning beyond the large amount of encouragement of CPU use that requires you to think, okay, yeah, they're creating Jurassic Park. They could be creating anything. The CPU use isn't really the hard part of creating a dinosaur park. (laughs) Well, maybe, could you argue that... No. No, you couldn't? No. Yeah, you really couldn't, could you? But could you argue that creating Jurassic Park is almost just like shorthand for saying that they're up to some sort of scientific breakthrough? I know for sure that Valve isn't up to some scientific breakthrough. When I look at Gabe Newell's face, I don't see a man who really wants to create Jurassic Park. I see a man who wants to live out the rest of his days refusing to make a sequel to Half-Life 2. But I think we've been playing Portal 2 for long enough to where our uh, relatives are upset that we aren't hanging out with them. So Not true. You can't play enough Portal 2. But I would like to leave. You're right about that. Yeah, try convincing Uncle Derek. Beep, beep, honk, honk, road rage, city sounds, we're back. Do we want to talk about the things we have? The things we have. You know, city life spoils you. You don't really realize all the things you have, but I look around my cramped, overpriced apartment and I see a copy of Burden of Proof by Glenn Merle. You know, on that record, they have our theme song. Uh, It's Threadbare. And it's a fantastic theme song and we're always grateful for it and you should check it out if you liked it. And if you're interested in learning more about our show and hearing updates and stuff about our show, you can check all that out on our social media platforms. We've got a Twitter that is S Confident Show and an Instagram that is Strictly Confidential Show. And do you want to tell them how they can uh, send us uh, stuff? 
Well, they can send us stuff to our email. That's strictly yeah. confidential show at Gmail. We got more interview episodes coming up. Those are my absolute favorite. Love bringing in the experts, people who know what they're actually talking about. We would also love for you to contact us and bring us your theories. And we'd love to have you on the show if there's something you're particularly passionate about. And be sure to tell your best friend to listen to this show if you're passionate about us. And if you uh, leave us a review, that's awesome. If you share us on social media, that's awesome too. Um, I think that's it on housekeeping. Do you want to tell them what they need to do before next week? So before next week, you need to stay curious. Jeremy! Hey, you're, you're doing a great job, man. I feel like I don't, I don't tell you that enough. Hey! <laughs>